Welcome to The Positivity Effect, where paying it forward and doing something positive in someone's life can provide them with the confidence and motivation to do the same for someone else. Like a stone dropped into a lake, let's create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world. And it begins with your host, Dr. Thomas Retcher. Hey, what's going on, guys? Dr. Tom here, and you're listening to The Positivity Effect, episode number 95, Setting the Right Priorities. As always, I'd love to connect with you. Just text the word POSITIVITY to the number 44222. Be on the lookout for that text message back from me that's going to ask for your email. Just input your email back to me, and then you're going to get an email that's going to ask for you to confirm that it's cool with you to allow me to send you some emails uh, into your inbox. And it's a great way for us to connect and to stay in tune with some of the behind the scenes stuff going on with the podcast. So today is part two of this week's podcast with Joe Shamanic. And Joe was absolutely outstanding in explaining to us and just kind of breaking down for us how he prioritizes in his life on the past episode. And today, we're going to dive even deeper into priorities, into into discipline, into perspective, and how Joe sets his priorities right. And, and, you, and you're going to hear it in his voice. It's, 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 it's centered around family. And it's, it's powerful. It's powerful to hear this testimonial from Joe. And if you didn't listen to the previous episode, I do encourage you to go back. But just to catch anybody up that hasn't listen to that one yet. Joe is a former CrossFit Games athlete and he's a weightlifting coach. Joe is also a husband, a father, and he's here today to talk again more about how he really prioritizes in his life. And also, I just love for you guys to connect with Joe. Just head over to joesbarbell.com. And if you want coaching on weightlifting, you can click on that services tab and also check out his podcast, the Doc and Jock podcast. So without further ado, help me welcome back to The Positivity Effect, Joe Shamanic. Hey, what's up, Joe? Welcome back to The Positivity Effect. Tom, glad to be here, man. So we, uh, you know, a little cliffhanger for everybody yesterday. We really got pretty fired up towards the end. We were talking a lot about just family life and we were talking about uh, nutrition, talking about fitness and <clears throat> really that that powerful word of prioritization. And... I mentioned that at the end, we were, we were, there was something that I wanted to share, and, and the audience already knows this, but there was a big shift that I had made as well in my own life with, with the, it's part, part of it goes into the, the actual podcast, the positivity effect, but it's also just not just the positivity effect, it's also a shift I've made in my life, in my schedule. And that came down to, I realized that I was very focused on my career and focused on on building all my business processes and everything and, and also focused on my relationship. You know, I'm getting everybody knows that's listening that I'm getting married soon in September and nice. It's it's great. Yeah, it's great. And um part of that is that some of those things were falling by the wayside whether it be the planning with my fiance and helping around certain things and I had to really sit back and I had to really prioritize again and and come back with in my mind, what is important? And it was funny. It was always like I was telling myself in my mind that I, I had the right priorities, but my priorities weren't straight. It was very a weird 
weird thing going on. Like I, it was almost like I was lying to myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And the big shift that I had made was that I was not going to do any kind of business growth or work past the hours of 5 or 6 p.m. at night. And I can tell you, once I made that shift, it's like, it's amazing how my, my relationship improved, how not only just my relationship, but also myself, my, my mind, the clarity in my mind. What was happening was I was just trying to cram. I was really teaching myself a lot of new skills and everything at night as well, instead of focusing in maybe a couple hours in the morning when everybody else is sleeping and, or maybe on my lunch break while I'm at my office. I was just trying to do it any, you know, any time, any time, any hour of the day when I could get more information in if I wasn't called to do anything else in my life, in my personal life. And it was like the days were starting to blend together. It was crazy. And I, once I stepped back from that and I was able to focus in and give myself that space, it's like I became more productive and my life started to improve and just not, you know, productiveness and and I and here talking about that word prioritization because I gave myself space every night now and which I do now you know five o'clock I'm home not watching really I'm not really watching TV it's just a few hours that it's from five to ten o'clock before bed is time to focus in and, and focus in on the family especially because I'm planning to have a family soon and here you can attest and talking about prioritization having three kids that time is for them like that's when you come home from your job like that. Whether you have a straight job where you work from nine to five or whatever your hours are, that time when you spend with them is their time and you have to be so present. And it's just, it's that shift that I've been doing in my own life to prepare myself when, when I finally am married and I have kids. And it, it's amazing when you really do step back and you give yourself that allowance because I, it's, you, you burn out, you know, you burn out very quickly. Well, it's interesting you bring it up. So along with making that, you know, there are some biological factors that are that kind of go along with what you're talking about. So we've on our podcast, we've had a cool guy named Kirk Parsley on who's a sleep expert who is a former Navy SEAL. One thing led to another ends up running this whole training facility for the SEALs. And then now he's a sleep expert and, you know, he's got a neat supplement line and, and he talks he's had a TED talk about sleep. But, you know, we, there's all kinds of with, – with technology, there's all kinds of light stimulus that we get. If you sit in front of the TV screen, if you sit in front of the computer screen, you get all this blue light. You know, it doesn't allow the body to prep for sleep. You know, similar you – know, we talked about – you talked about in the first show, you know, our brain's pretty old. It's like millions of years old. You know, at Homo sapien, if you want to believe this or not, Homo sapien, you know, he's walking around kind of working with that circadian rhythm. And when, when you're screen time, mm. when you're working time, when you have this kind of – the other thing that, you know – primitive man didn't have to deal with you know he had kind of crazy stress where you're walking on a trail and you encounter a bear or (laughs) crazy that will kill you but what primitive man didn't have to deal with was 24 hour stress where it's just this nagging volume that just eats away at you so kind of by learning how to turn on your off switch there's so many you get better sleep when you get better sleep you know these these compounding factors that are more than just um it's it's not just lip service. It's not just, oh, I feel this. No, there's actual biological processes going on that are influencing better sleep and better sleep is going to influence anything else, um, including if you listen to our podcast with Kirk, you know, beard growth. So um, get into that. But I, th- I love I th- that. That's awesome. I, th- I think from like a, a, a relationship wise though, 
when, when, you know, your fiance obviously knows that this practice you're building is important, you know, as my wife knows that my training is important, but when they can see on your end that you're willing to, um, make a sacrifice for them in terms of that and give a little bit for them, well then on the, on another end, if there's a time where you may have to run late or something goes on, they're, they're going to pick up some slack for you. So it's a, it's a sign of solidarity for, for the relationship. And, and this could be in a personal relationship like with your fiance or my wife or, or a friend when you're willing, you know, when the deed that you're going to do is something that they know was tough for you to do or a tough spill or a tough pill for you to swallow, man, that that's a real sign that you're in it for the right reasons for them too. So I think, I think there's a lot of neat components there. Now for us, we've kind of had to do a similar thing, you know, again, the the phones right the phones can be crazy they can take oh your live gosh, off but really i've can. i've done a similar thing where i don't you know i actually recently this is funny i dropped it and i cracked a dang screen and i was like you 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 know <laughs> I, I was pissed <laughs> but i'm not gonna fix it because it's not as attractive to me anymore and i also went in the next step and turned the screen to black and white so i'm not into looking at it so I've taken all these ways to kind of make my phone unattractive to me. And the cool part about that is it's given me more time to, to recognize what's going on around me. It's, you know, the phones, everyone says they're a connector, but man, if you don't have a little bit of, um, if you don't have some discipline, they can really disconnect you from what's happening right in front of you. So, um, I, I'm, I'm on board with that, man. I think that's an awesome story. Yeah. You know, like you just mentioned, like talking about the phones and then social media, these, these great tools that allow us to connect with people, mm-hmm. especially, you know, Facebook, you can, amazing how you can connect with people. But if you're constantly just firing off that dopamine in your brain when those, those notifications pop up, oh, you're yeah. really not connecting on a deep level. It's, it's very surface. And, and it's when you could train yourself to maybe only look at it a couple times a day, it's a very different experience. Like if you only log in once a day and you're like, I'm going to spend 15 minutes here, you, you, you really kind of focus in and, and, and you're, going to Facebook, for, as an example, for a certain reason, as of, opposed to like every time your phone, you know, if you, especially if you have the notifi- notifications going to your, your, your home screen, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe anybody that's still doing that. You guys need to turn that stuff off. It's, it's going to destroy, destroy you because it's just your mind is going to keep jumping to those little, those little bumps on your phone and completely distract you from what you're doing in life. And uh, it's like it's, 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 it becomes an addiction. It's crazy. Oh yeah, you have to. I mean, there's a there's some cool guys talking about it. One resource to check out is a guy named Tim Ferriss who talks a lot about batching and how to like, you know, he goes to the extent where he sends his mail to a PO box and he checks it once a month and that's the only time he checks his mail or even his emails and he's going to limit himself and be very structured. And he's talked a lot about the same things where, you know, there's different apps and different services you can, you know, whether it's on your phone or whether it's on your computer that you can block dilemma so if you i would suggest if for example you're a content creator and you're writing and i'm going to designate you know i'm going to get up you know if you read what stephen pressfield's the the art of war or the war of art um one of the two great book it's about how to great book yeah yeah get off your butt and get some things done but man if you block out a certain time where this is where i'm going to write well then you have to do that because man the phone vibrates a kid cries um, you get some goofy notification about what's going on with with uh, the current election or whatever, and all of a sudden, 
you know, a, a three second look at your screen becomes a 45 minute waste of time. So yeah, you got, again, it's, you know, we talked about prioritization in the last podcast, but man, discipline, you, you have to find a way to build discipline. And in the beginning, if that's like hiring a mentor to get out the ball and chain and whip your butt into shape, well, you got to do it. But, uh, you got to get some discipline. There's a, there's a, are you familiar with a gentleman named Jocko Willink? Jocko Willink. No, I never heard of him. Yeah, he was a former Navy SEAL and he just wrote a book called um, Extreme Ownership where he brought um, some Navy SEAL training tactics into the business world. And he believes in a thought called um, freedom through discipline or freedom through structure where it's like that. I mean, if you can can decide I'm going to get up early, I'm going to do this, knock out this task list and go – well, then, man, how much freedom do you bring in your life? And it's just like you're talking about. I'm going to knock out whatever I need to before 5 o'clock. I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to do it. When I get it done, then you wake up, what, three to five extra hours in the evening where you can settle in, enjoy your family, enjoy your fiance, and, and who knows what else. So um, right, right. important lessons there. So check out those resources. Pretty good stuff. He's actually got a the Jocko podcast. It's a pretty neat podcast. He just started it up. So check that one out too. That's right. It's so powerful. Yeah, and... Man, like you said, that those three seconds become can become forty five minutes, and and then you're off down the down the rabbit, in a blink ra- <laughs> down a blink down the rabbit hole. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like a time portal. So, Joe, you, you mentioned discipline. It's such a powerful word. And and yesterday, I really loved when when you were talking about, and that's what we're gonna kind of get into now. And I alluded to it at the end of the episode when you were talking about that this the fact that that your wife is in the military, and then mm-hmm. you said you know I am the espo- the military esposa. Yeah. Um, I loved how you touched on, you said, I care about what she thinks about me, yeah. not what others think about me. Because there's, how many times of all of us in our lives, we're so focused on what everybody else thinks about us when we really should be focusing in on the people closest to us and, and, and those relationships. And, 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 and then you're, there's, there's, a, talking about being down off the rabbit hole, that, that's definitely a whole nother rabbit hole where if you're focusing on what other people think about you. It's gonna destroy. It's gonna destroy your your focus. It's gonna take you away from your goals. It's it's it could really be damaging. So I want to hear about just your whole story of of you and guy you guys and how having that relationship where she's in the military and talking about you know just raising kids together and and traveling around and and what that really looks like for you on a daily basis. Yeah. So Eliza is an active duty physical therapist. Um, right now we're at West Point. She's doing a postdoctorate fellowship in the sports medicine program, which is cool. So we have similar careers. So even on that end, um, you know, I bang them up, she fixes them up, however you want to say it, which is cool. That's so awesome. We kind of have different things. You know, some of our conversations, you know, they're also work-related where we're helping each other out. She learns something, I try and steal it and vice versa. So, but yeah, I mean, early on, she just kept, she was going to get out, but she, then they were going to send her to PT school. Then they sent us to Hawaii and then they sent us here. So we, we've made a career out of it and we like it. We like the people we've met. We've enjoyed it. And, and she's learning a ton, but yeah, the, it, it for me every time we've moved it's been a chance to kind of reinvent or figure out how I'm going to make this fit where I can get again a little bit of balance and and have some personal pursuits along with deciding that you know I'm going to be the primary pretty much the guy who needs to make sure the kids don't turn blue from day to day so um and that's okay and that's fun and but it's always been important to also get kind of side hustles together where you know I can still pursue the things that I care about professionally and, and set myself up for when she does retire and we flip flop roles. But yeah, the, I guess the original question is just the discipline of it. And and for me, it was, you know, most guys or at least me, 
I would say I was a I was a, a knuckleberry until I was about 26 years old. I can't imagine <laughs> making a good decision until I was about 25, 26. And that first good decision was committing to this relationship and and doing it for the right reasons. And, and again, awesome. it, it was just committing to it. You know, I I can I can say here with 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 a whole heart and full honesty that I don't have many things in my life that are perfect, but the only one that is 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 this marriage and. Wanting to hold on to that is really important to me. We have three healthy kids. Um, our relationship's happy. We eat dinner together. We love each other. We we get mad at each other, but we're always doing it together. But you know that marriage is still perfect. You know we haven't screwed that up yet, and and it's not going to happen. You know you've seen you've seen remember the Titans at the end, right? Uh, oh yeah, Powerful. where they're like you know. You know, none of us are perfect, but this team is, right? And that's the way oh, that's me and Eliza awesome. look at the marriage. So everything reflects back to that. And, you know, I've taken – I've been smart enough to know that I don't know everything. So whenever I get a chance to talk to someone with more experience to me, with me in marriage or experience with me in business, I'll take it. And I have to say collectively, um, folks who have been around, the message is pretty simple – enjoy the relationships around you and, and keep them intact. You know what I mean? And and again, I always go back to a personal story with my family life being interesting. I always grew up loved, but I mean, my parents had me very young, 17, 18 years old they were, and they really didn't get their life together until I was about in college. And, you know, I'm, I'm very close with my parents now, but it wasn't that way. I always grew up kind of confused. I was bounced around from aunts and uncles, things of that were happening. And I was like, that's not happening, you know, when when I am a man. That's not happening with my family. So um, it's been very important for me. And, again, it's prioritization. You know, that's one thing I'm not going to screw up because at the end of the day, what, no, you know, I, I, I really don't want to sit, you know, let, let's let's have a morbid thought here. We're, we're, we have a moment at our own funeral to kind of scan the room. You know, I to me, if everyone in that room is saying, man, he was a great businessman, you know, he had a lot of money, what a cool car. Uh, that's going to be a bit lame for me. But if, if Agreed. my kids, yeah. everyone's, you know, man, he was always there for us, you know, that that's going to be important to me. So was he a good family man um, is, is kind of what I'm hanging my hat on. So that's where a lot of that comes from, a really simple idea. It's interesting that you brought up family of origin and, and it's, it's great to hear too that you do have a good relationship with them now. And <clears throat> was there ever times where, because I think you hear about that from people where they were like, they have that same thought process that you just mentioned that, hey, I, this is what I went through in my own childhood. Mm -hmm. It is not going to happen when I am a parent. And and then all of a sudden something happened and they catch themselves like, whoa, like they have to step back. Like I'm I'm doing the, the very thing that I did not want to happen. It's yeah, like that's right. refocusing. So I guess it just comes back to this this whole mentality that you have about it, it probably ties into just to what you do with work, you know, and how you're training your body physically and, and, and it through training your body physically, training your mind, part of the thing that you do a lot probably is I'm sure is reflect and you think about these things and um and before you catch yourself saying, Oh man, I, I'm I'm acting just like my mom or I'm acting just like my dad, you know. Yeah. Well it's interesting there because you you have to make decisions that reflect what you want to do. And you know, again, with me making this decision early on with each kid, it's been a little bit different where we've had to make a little change where in the beginning it was, well, I can't coach high school football anymore, so I'm going to go figure out how to train people 
in the CrossFit gym. And then we had a second kid and it's like, we're going to hustle two around. Then we have a third. So it's like, oh man, I can't even go to the gym anymore. So it's like, okay, well then I'm going to bring it all into the garage. I'll do some personal training in the garage and I'll figure out how to make the internet work for me. So, you know, if you're, what you're doing in your life, people do this all the time. They'll make this decision and then, or they'll make, they'll have this action plan or they'll have this thought like prioritizing the family, but then they do all these different things to make the family fit into their prioritization of work and they get it backwards. So again, you have to reflect back to that point. And are you, are your actions really reflecting what you want and what you want people to see? And the other thought there is, you know, it's, it's definitely not easy. You know, you have to just, you have to continue on it. And, you know, really, really early on, it's very easy for me to, Again, I'll say this. I did not grow up in an, I was never abused. I, it was not, it was, I've ne- I didn't want for anything. But for me, the big confusion was, man, I have all these people supporting me except the people that I think should be, right? And right, it's not right. even that they, it's not even that they aren't there. It's just that they're, they're intermittently there. You know, I'll go to this one for Christmas. This one pops into this game, you know, and even to this day, my parents still get along. It's a, it's a really interesting dynamic. You know, it's kind of this Italian Polish upbringing, you know, everybody's happy, everyone's giving hugs, but you know, to some degree, no one's really dealing with the issues. I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I, I, for me, it goes back to just saying, I don't want my kids to be confused. I don't want my wife to be confused about my intentions. So everything I'm going to do is going to reflect to them that I'm here for them to support them. Cause you know, I've talked, you know, talking to, to gents who are successful in business, you know, to a T, you know, I'll take example. There was a gentleman I trained in Carolina CrossFit and man, he's very successful businessman. His kids are all in college and he would see me running around with the kids in the gym and he's like, man, enjoy this while you can because all of a sudden they're going to be in school and they're going to be trying to do their own thing and escape it, escape you. So, um, just listening to those folks and, you know, I wish I could say that, you know, to kind of go back to your original point and, and asking, you know, man, I'm doing what my parents did. Um, I haven't, I actually haven't felt like that yet. You know, there's, I'll tell you the closest I came, the closest I came to that was when we left Hawaii and we had to go to, uh, I met up with my team in San Diego to train for the games for two weeks. And that's the longest I've been away from the family. And that was pretty rough to be honest. Um, you know, three days in, it was cool. Five days in, I'm like, uh, you know, by the time it was 10 days in and we were supposed to compete at the event at the CrossFit Games in 2013, it was just like, man, I was kind of bummed to be there because my family couldn't make the trip. So, you know, there's been a couple of moments like that. You know, for me, it's family first. And if they can't be part of it, it's not something I'm going to do. I love what you said just before, too, about how we all, we, we will make the priority. For example, if we're talking about prioritizing our family, We'll yeah. make that in our head, but then what we do is we try to fit them into our priorities. Yeah. And that's exactly what I that's what I was talking about earlier. Is like that's what yeah. I was doing. I was trying to fit the puzzle piece into my own puzzle instead yeah. of instead of working with the puzzle. And um it's, it's yeah, it's really it's it's such a different mindset shift when, when you do that and you really really, really set your priorities straight and you get clear with what is important to you. Joe, I want to ask you a question just uh, talking about, you know, we're getting back to that topic of of traveling around and, and, you know, the relationship between you and your wife. What With your kids, what is that, you know, what does that conversation look like when you have to tell them, hey, like we're moving again? Uh, it's, well, it's interesting now because uh, Mason is five. He's old enough to 
have some feelings. He missed, he was in a really cool little Montessori program in South Carolina and he really missed his teachers. And, you know, you know, at nighttime, you know, when we're, you know, doing, doing dinner and talking about things, um, you know, doing the little blessing before we eat and he's a little, you know, he prays to go back to South Carolina, you know, he still does. So it's a matter of just, you know, being pretty upfront with them, you know, mommy has this job and we move around a little bit, but, um, it's just, you know, sometimes people sugarcoat things for kids and that's never the way I wanted to do it. I'm pretty honest with them. I let them know what's going on and we talk about it. So it's as easy as, Hey buddy, you know, this is what we do. Um, you know, it's funny. He had a hard time with soccer, right? So he's doing soccer here in New York and he did soccer in South Carolina and he was a bigger kid in this young soccer program. And now he's actually, he's the oldest son, but and so he's always been whooping on his younger sisters, you know, taking stuff, you know, being a big brother. <laughs> uh, but on this soccer team, he's the youngest kid. You know, he just turned five. But there's even some kids who are turning seven by the end of the school year, uh, soccer season. That's a big difference for him. So even learning how to deal with that, it's funny. He goes, Dad, is New York soccer always going to be harder than South Carolina soccer? <laughs> and, uh, so that's the story we get. So it's a matter of just explaining to him. You're growing up. This is going to be tough, but I think we're set up pretty good because, you know, when he gets done middle school, she'll be, Eliza will be pretty much finished um, with her commitment to the army. So it kind of sets us up to, for one, we've lived all over the country from Hawaii to South Carolina, up here in New York now. Which, by the way, Uh, has probably been just an amazing experience, just having all those different, you know, it's cool. It's, 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 it's culturing, you know, and and I'm sure that's been really interesting too. No, we do love it. I mean, and the cool thing is, you know, one of the lessons is about like things like barbecue. It's different everywhere, right? You know, Texas, <laughs> Texas has their definition of it. South Carolina's got theirs. New York of barbecue is a noun, right? It's the party you go to. So yes. it's, it's it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, and, and again, you, you, you know, this podcast, Positive Effects, you know, you can look at it. Man, we're moving away from Hawaii and they're sending us to Columbia, South Carolina. And you can be bummed about it. But man, you got to go into it what can I learn, you know, and how can I take what I learned in Hawaii to this situation to make the next one better? And then at the end of the day for us, it's, well, let's live in all these little corners of the country. So when we finally get out, we can make a real decision about, you know, where we want to live and be happy there. You know, there was a, my Danny, my co-host on the Doc and Jock podcast, he has a funny story talking with Kelly Starrett, who was his mentor, who runs a really cool outfit called Mobility Wad. Um, but, Danny was driving around with Kelly and Danny tells a story and he's like, man, it's beautiful up here. You're so lucky to live here. And Kelly looks at Danny and goes, Hey bro, there's no luck in where you live. You know what I mean? Pick a place and go there. And, 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 and to some degree we can't that. do that in the army, but we can eventually. Right. And that's for anybody. There's, there's no luck in some things like that. So, um, you know, take, take some ownership on your life and the decisions you make and, and make decisions and, turn actions into things that reflect that decision, not not just trying to pretend to everybody around you. I think just summing up, like if I was to say four words just to sum up our discussion is prioritization, discipline, ownership, and perspective. It's really when sure. you put things in perspective. Here, you know, t- that, that, that class, that example that everybody hears is when you're driving in traffic and somebody cuts you off and you get all upset about it, it's perspective. Like it's funny, like somebody that drives with me, they're always like, you you never honk at people to cut you off. I'm like, because it doesn't bother me. It doesn't, uh. it, it doesn't bother me. Some people, <laughs> it's right. It, it, it can sometimes, but no, you know, when I, it, the days that it doesn't is because I'm thinking, all right, maybe, maybe they're having a bad day or, you know, whatever. I try to flip it in my mind and 
that's you know it's interesting just to hear that perspective about moving places and traveling around the country it's very well, the, the people who cut you off probably aren't paying attention. You know, we're talking about the phone and all this, right? They're probably on the phone, right? They're yeah. on the phone, yeah. yeah. Awful story. This is this is a true story. You know, I'm going to let you in the life a little bit. My mom lives in Arkansas right now, and I uh, just talked to her. She was in a car, and someone ran her off the road, flipped that thing. And uh, oh you, want, you, want to, you want to talk about perspective. She wasn't wearing her seatbelt. It was early in the morning. Um, somebody wasn't paying attention, ran her off the road. The car flips. And she walks away fine. So, you know, my mom said, she goes, I'm lucky. I'm happy. Um, this is a lesson to learn. You know, she didn't come out of it crying that her car was wrecked, right? It was it was like, oh, my gosh, how lucky am I here? Lucky am I to be here right now? So interesting life. stuff, wow. man. Perspe- perspective. There's always, I'm telling you right now, um, being positive is is an action. It's a decision. If you, if you take a, if if something really fires you up, gang, someone cutting you off, if you really take literally three big breaths through your nose, hold it for five seconds, take that same breath out, do a couple of those, I guarantee you'll have a flip in your situation and, and you'll have a different perspective on it. But if you let that anger eat you up, the key with getting cut off, man, is to not let let that person cutting you off ruin the rest of your day. You know what I mean? So um, mm-hmm. find out some tools to uh, deal with that. <laughs> Joe, love it, man. Hey, I want to ask you before we go one last question. Yeah. You know you already kind of said it actually because you mentioned that we were talking about that example like if you were if everybody was at your your funeral how would they remember you mm. so i'm just going to kind of reframe it and i just want to kind of let end it that way to kind of give you that those last few seconds to kind of reflect on it and and put it into into words so if you were suddenly at the end of your life and you were reflecting on all that you have been through all that you have done all that you have created what kind of impact would you want to be remembered for oh uh being a being a positive influence you know what i mean that's it i mean that's all you want to do and and being someone who tried to pay it forward you know what i mean again i somebody who's fortunate to have even though it may not have come from mom and dad in the beginning um but i've always had somebody push me in the right direction and for it's important for me to pay that forward and hopefully whether it's through coaching or you know it's cool i just had you know, we're talking about the social media thing. My very first coaching job was at a middle school in Sanford, North Carolina, a pretty small place. Every school in this county was Lee County, named after Robert E. Lee. And every school in that county at the time was named after him. It was like West Lee Middle School, East Lee Middle School, Lee Senior, Southern Lee, San Lee <laughs> Middle School. Right. But the, I'm recently now through social media reconnecting with some of those kids. And one of them um, played college football and he actually went really hard at trying to pursue a spot on a team in Canada, which is really cool. And even that, being able to see that pay forward where we've connected, and he goes, man, even as a middle schooler, you teaching us discipline and caring for us. It was awesome. So that's the kind of stuff I want to be remembered for, you know, because that's what matters. It's it's building positive relationships. And, you know, you, you can't hold on to them all, but you got you to gotta try hard to. Uh, Joe, that was awesome. Thank you so much, man, for coming on and spending a little time with myself and my audience. Guys, check out what Joe is doing over at joesbarbell.com and also take a listen to, if you haven't already, the Doc and Jock podcast. Joe, what's the best way also for anybody to reach out to you today? Sure, just um, the best email is joe at joesbarbell if you have any you know, personal questions, um, weightlifting questions, or on Instagram, it's at Joe's Barbell, and on Twitter, I think you can find me at Joe's Barbell, or it might be at Joe 
SHU2326. So that's another way to connect. Always the social media stuff, we'll try to respond. But yeah, the podcast is cool. Um, yeah, just, just go to those things. But the best way is probably email. Excellent. Joe, thank you so much. And uh, hey, fellow New Yorker, now we may have yeah, to uh, right. get together for a barbecue one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or, or a slice. Yeah, we're lo- actually or a looking slice, about- yes. <laughs> what I'd like to do is head out to Long Island. We want to go check out, isn't that where the Teddy Roosevelt homestead is? Yes, yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, so maybe what we'll do is I'll shoot you an email if we ever make it on down there. But it, it's on the list. And um, yeah, look forward to it, Tom. Thanks, that, bub. That and you got to head over to the, the wineries out east. Uh, you know what's cool? You talk about wine. I don't want to go off another tangent. There's a really cool one out here in the Hudson Valley. He's like the only guy in the country who doesn't make wine to ship it. And I don't know if you know anything about wine, but um, every bottle is like an eight-year process. It's unbelievable. I'll have to, I'll have to pass that to you if you're That's, a wine. Oh, oh, yes. I'd love to see that. That's awesome. Unbelievable place. But yeah, <laughs> look forward to it, Tom. We'll either whether you come up here and we do some wine taste and I go down there, we check out what Teddy's doing. Um, and, and grab a slice. We'll figure it out, man. Look forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on. Take care. Take care.